Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode four hundred and forty-four of this podcast, and uh. Very excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about uh, current events. We're going to be talking about uh, a a classic universal horror movie. I'm going to name drop Mexican Hayride again. Really? Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I've got a mini Shap hidden somewhere in this podcast, which I think you're going to like. And we're going to eventually get around to talking about a movie which is a piece of shit so excited to be doing this podcast uh it's an exciting time in the woodian calendar church edwood.org be sure to check it out uh the 10th is uh a holy day december 10th it's a uh, holiday called wood wayne Edward was born on October 10th, and that's a celebration of Edward's life. And then December 10th is Edward's death, and it's basically the same thing, but sad. And then the next day, which is today, the day that we are recording this, uh, December 11th. Uh, so yesterday was Woodwayne, and today is, of course, a holiday worldwide. It's Perez Prado's birthday. Oh. He would have, if he was still alive, he would be, let me do the math. Old. Dead. The old. Yeah. If he was alive, he would be dead. So uh, it's his birthday. I am am legitimately, unironically, a pretty big fan of Prez Prado, the Latin king of Mambo. Uh, He released an album, one of his most famous albums. A great. Great album of Mambo music, but the best part is every song is named after a woman he did it with. Okay. And I and I absolutely just love that. Apparently, he didn't like naming his songs. My favorite song is Patricia. That's my favorite song. So then he followed that up with what many people consider to be his greatest Mambo album, but he never bothered to name the songs. So finally, they... They just went ahead with the album, and the first track was Mambo Number One, and the second track was called Mambo Number Two, and the third track was called Mambo Number Three, and the fourth song was called Mambo Number Four, and the fifth track became a worldwide sensation. That is a 100% true fact. It's Prez Prado's birthday. So listen to some mambo music. We were listening to it this morning. We were getting our mambo on here at home. So we're a big big, uh, mambo supporting family. Uh, Bunny. Yes. It is time once again for one of those different sort of monologues, a potpourri of a monologue. There's going to be a little bit of news. There's going to be a sprinkle of some bits, some little funny uh, uh, things, and some important topics for us to just ad lib and riff through. We do this to start the show every once in a while, but we've never named it. 
So our first topic of discussion during this bit is, what do we call this bit? It's, uh, so we need to come up with a name. I've got six name ideas. Okay. This has already gone through some... Uh, kind of cool with potpourri right off the bat. Okay, well, well, uh, he, here are the six that I came up with. A modicum monologue. I was kind of going for uh, some, some real uh, important-sounding words. I also have uh, podcast scraps, dabbing the world, the topic tingle. Now, the last two. These ones are the money makers, but uh, I personally like the first one. I think you'll like the second one, but but he, here are the two. Really, I think these are the these are the two main names. Number one, the Betty White Memorial Monologue segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today. Don't download it. And, and, or Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff has a nice ring. But I like the Betty White Memorial monologue segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends download today because, number one, uh, rest in peace, Betty White. And also, and I want to memorialize her the best way I can, which is to name a podcast segment after her. And then we've got a sponsor. Boom. Raid Shadow Legends download today. I think it's a pretty decent name idea. But also, Jeff is a good one, too. If you can think of any, oh, Bunny. Well, I like, I like Jeff. Okay. So when I am, when I am naming episodes, upload. Eve's historic approximation from that perspective is actually Yeah. Because it's historic approximation, then whatever that episode is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That Betty White thing, I'm just going to have to give it. Unboxing? Yeah, we can. The size of this box. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to get a... Hey, I just gave them, I just gave them a full body shot of your sexy ass. I mean, are you... Oh, I didn't realize that the name was there. Here, let's turn it around. There. We could have just turned it around. Okay. I went this... Here, hold it, so I can... Do what? Look how big this box is, y'all! Look at that shit! There is not... Look, it's not that big. It is not that big. Why? What's I don't cool? know. All right. You are really just showing off the goods I am. today. Everybody, look at my roof. Fucking hell! I'm interrupting. What are you? I have doing. To... You have taken over, Jeff. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. I tried it out just now, and I liked it. Jeff. Jeff. There you go. That's the official shirt. Yeah, of this is this the shirt. Monologue segment. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I just decided. And it's super soft, by the way. It is. It is super soft. Do you guys like my wife? Her, look at her sexy shoes. Yes. 
I've, I've lost fifty pounds. Wait, I'm on. Wait a second, though. Are are you doing a podcast in your bra? It's a bralette. It's a bralette. Ah, that was nice. Yes, it's a bralette. But look, isn't it? It's soft and it's lacy. It's a pretty. It's a bra, but it's also a top. If you're a dead musician named Selena. Okay. So, so there you go. Okay, so Jet is the new name of our. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to take over. I've had two and a half margaritas. What if we changed it from Steve's historic approximations to historic approximations? H-A? Ha! Yeah, historic, historic approximations. No, it would be Hap. 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 What is crazy random hap? Hap. Okay. okay. I think okay. I I actually think that's pretty good. We we dropped the Steve. When I saw the picture of the Amazon. Yes, we're me. still talking about the the unboxing. Yes. Well, no, well, no, I'm talking about the fucking size of this box that they just sent me. Yeah. My coffee pot. Yeah. Stop. Leave it there. Yes. Go ahead and take it. I'm gonna just drink this right. Can you see that? There's yes. a whole cat. I can yeah. fit. I can fit like three cats in there. That is not that big. Okay, sorry. I'm just really irritated. Yeah. I'm really irritated because I was like, that, I thought it was smaller than that. I saw the picture. It's a gigantic box. Yeah. And it's not a need for a gigantic box. No. Well, how many cats do you have? Uh, well, well, that's a good point. Good, that is a good. Yeah. Point. No, maybe they were thinking about that. Damn, bunny. You and your fucking logic. Yeah. All right, I'm done taking over. Okay, so Jeff, that's the new name of this uh, podcast bit. I'm glad that we nailed that down. Moving on, Bunny. Yes. Do you know how fucked up your belief system has to be where Alex freaking Jones is uncomfortable with you? Yes. I mean, damn. That's I, a I, sign. I really appreciated the gimp mask. I thought yeah. the gimp mask yeah, that was nice. made it. That was nice. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. So, so, I mean, so, who, Alex... Who really cares that you're a Nazi if you're a gimp? Yeah. Sure, sure, I believe Hillary Clinton is a lizard person and Woody from Toy Story eats babies. And that they put chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. But what Kanye West is saying, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. That, that's how far Kanye West has gone to the right. That even Mr. Insanity is like, that's going too far. That's like akin to Jim Carrey saying, Hey, turn it down a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Why, why don't you turn? Why don't you turn it down a bit? You're at a nine. I need you at like a five. That's like that's like a Robin Williams saying, "Wow, now you have a lot of chest hair." <laughs> so, I think that what we're seeing is. Like another famous breakdown in real time. 
you know, like uh, Tiger Blood and duh, winning. That seems like a like a lifetime ago. Yes, yes, I, and I I am highly highly. The best part is, is that Alex Jones keeps trying to give him outs, but he keeps going back in. Yeah, I I, I understand. Kanye, I, I think what you're actually trying to say is that you're a designer, and so you like the outfits that the Nazis wear because they were designed by Hugo Boss. And I know that you're a very famous designer, but that's it. You don't like the Nazis. You are actually wrong, Alex Jones. I love Nazis. <laughs> and he's like, damn it, take the hint. So this is what I'm thinking, because I, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, okay, so Magneto has his, uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yes. I, I, what I really liked about the, the first X-Men movie is that they just, Magneto just calls it the Brotherhood of Mutants. Good. You know what? Having evil in your group's title does sort of make you seem a bit evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... So Magneto has his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Lex Luthor has the Legion of Doom. Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom headquarters, who would be in the League of Horrible Celebrities? Horrible Celebrities. Yes. I don't know enough about who Mr. Beast is to say anything about him. I don't know. Okay, here comes my 11-year-old to tell us all about YouTuber Mr. Beast. I, he should, he's a YouTuber that does these really weird challenges, and he's like, if you, if you do this, if you do this, then I'll give you a billion dollars. And he's a really crappy guy. Yeah. And I hate him. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Max. Um, well, I think he should be put on the list. Okay, I mean, I possible. Think, I think, he can know, be in the. Got a, he's got a recommendation, so we should review his application. He could be in the Great Lakes League of Horrible Celebrities. Yeah. So there's that. I, I'd like to think that one of the main members, if not the head, at least one of the main members, Ellen DeGeneres, just tripping children. Yeah. Just, oh, look, there's a little baby trip. And then when the baby looks at Ellen and cries, she just yells, Don't look at me in the eyes. So there's that. Ellen's in it. Uh, Bill Maher is there doing cocaine off of four prostitutes' asses, saying, They think I'm a Democrat. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Rowling. I am a beloved British children's author. Also, kids kill fucking trans people. So she's she's in the league of horrible celebrities. Uh, Dave Chappelle, obvious Dave reasons. Chappelle. I'm also thinking uh, unpopular opinion. This is the unpopular opinions episode of The Pope on Film. But uh, uh, Johnny Depp's in there in the League of Horrible Celebrities. And he's just there 
like covered in cocaine. I did a bunch of drugs and beat my girlfriend. And then my girlfriend did a bunch of drugs and beat me. But only one of us had scissors for hands. <laughs> so I'm just saying they're both horrible people. Yeah, and he's like he's like popping up in the weirdest places. I don't know what I just Damn. feel like I I just feel like they're a lot of a lot of people online and on social media have assumed that since I am the founder and pope of the Church of Ed Wood, and because I've devoted most of my life to spreading Ed Wood's uh, life story, and, and because I have literally canonized uh, Johnny Depp as a saint, as a literal religious saint, that uh, they can just get on Twitter and like, hey, Reverend, you following the... Johnny Depp case, man, Amber Heard is horrible. It should be killed, right? And it's like, okay, pump your brakes, kid. Yeah. What it seems to me is a, a bunch of people, even like uh, left-leaning liberals, were like, oh, yes, we must believe all of the women. I believe women. When women say that they have been attacked, we believe them. Oh, Jack Sparrow's being accused? Fuck that horrible person. Let's go and firebomb her house. And and I, they're both horrible. This this is my theory about the whole case. They're yeah. both horrible. That's, they are both that's kind of where equally I'm horrible. Uh, yeah. I I I I kind of like Johnny Depp already lost the UK trial suit. Very similar. Yeah. This yeah. I mean. The, the the evidence was the same basically. He already, yeah. he lost that one. Amber Heard lost this one. Like right now, we needed we call who call next to decide. Yeah. Right now, we got a tied game. Fucking, you both suck. Hell in a cell. We're gonna figure this out. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, special referee Mick Foley. Boom. Yeah. WrestleMania. But now at head head. this point, Johnny Depp could possibly get past. I, I've been oh. looking at him side eye lately. Uh but it's really hard to ever forget that somebody shit on a bed. Yeah. That's gonna yeah. be a hard one. But but then also yeah. men are always like, oh, I'm looking for a crazy chick. And yeah, guys always want a crazy chick until she shits in your bed. Yeah. Way to be sexist. Oh, you said you're into crazy chicks, so I set your house on fire, and now you're angry at me. So that's fun. I it funny. I I've got some news, okay? Okay. Okay. According to a new study by a doctor at Cedar Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, and this is 100% true, and uh the medicinal medication just kicked in, so the rest of the podcast hold on to your hats. 
going to be exciting. Okay. Yay! According to a new study by a... According to a new... Oh, yeah. 100%. According to a new study by a doctor at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles, irritable bowel syndrome may be triggered by an individual's personal gravity intolerance. Really let that sink in. Because that's amazing. That is an amazing sentence to hear and to have to think about. So you mean to tell me that, no, I'm not allergic to peanuts. I'm not allergic to uh, kiwi. I'm allergic to gravity. That's gotta suck. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, so I just made hamburger helper for the family for dinner, and I ate a bunch, and now it's 15 minutes later, and I'm shitting out my intestines. Uh, that's not the hamburger helper's fault. It's because I'm allergic to science. Yeah. But now, doesn't that kind of follow that uh, we can build an engine directly out of those? Ooh. You've because discovered. That would, if you built a whole engine out of that, wouldn't you be able to nullify gravity in cold space? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure you just discovered dark matter. Yeah. So that's exciting. We but got I'm that going for us. Uh in, in other news, Vladimir Zelensky was named Time Magazine's 2022 Person of the Year, narrowly beating out the runner-up Dane Cook. <laughs> He's 50 and he just married like a 25-year-old. Like a 22-year-old, 23-year-old? It's like a crazy yeah. age difference, Dane but Cook, anyway. Dane Cook, yeah, not Vladimir Zelensky. But I, it, it's so bizarre to me that uh, Zelen President Zelensky is like Time's Person of the Year. It, it, and he's all over the world stage. And everyone knows him, and everyone uh, you know respects him and cares about him, uh, unless you're like a bad shit QAnon, whatever. But uh, but the, I I'm still blown away by him because he's a comedian. Yeah. I, I I this still blows my mind, the fact that Times Person of the Year is basically Ukraine's John Stewart. Yeah. You know. Like back in the day, when I, John okay, Stewart. Okay, but but I would feel very very comfortable if John's president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they made Robin Williams president right after making Man of the House or whatever that Hail to the Chief or whatever that one where he's a comedian who runs for president. I don't remember what the name of that movie was, but it's crazy that, you know, he was a comedian that that was basically doing political comedy and he had some 
TV show in Ukraine where he played the president and it was so popular they made him president. Yeah. Did you know Herschel Walker was a contestant on The Apprentice and that's why the Republicans went all out to try and get him elected? Is that why? I mean, I yes, knew he was he on, would... the, on The Apprentice. Yeah. yeah, he was on The Apprentice and that's why Trump pushed for him and that's why everyone tried to get this uh, batshit crazy head trauma specialist elected. Yes. That's fascinating to me. Fascinating. Okay, so the World Cup is happening right now. It's happening in Qatar. Huh? Okay, uh, hold on, Bunny. I'm going to get inside of a box. I'm sorry, I thought I was done, but I'm not. No, you're not done. Here, get the camera. I'm going to be in this box. You're having her get in the box? Well, I can't even see. Hi, everybody. You can't even see it here. I'm getting you. See? Look at how big that box is. I'm sorry. It's, it's a big-ass box. My wife can fit in this box. It's kind of excessive that they sent my coffee pot in this box. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big box. I'm, I do sorry. feel kind of safe right now. Safe? You know? Yeah, I feel Hi, safe. I'm Mrs. 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 Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Malin. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Mrs. Malin. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Malin. It is. It's it's fun to say though. Uh, so the World Cup is happening in Qatar, and uh, oh, what was I was gonna tell a story? Okay, so it, there's a lot of uh, problems with having the World Cup in this uh, small in the middle east like number one if you if you come from hundreds of thousands of miles away to see your team at the world cup and you're wearing anything that has a rainbow on it they won't let you into the arena to see it because rainbows are uh synonymous with gay people and gays are like uh, not allowed well everything Everything about this fucking World Cup is is fucked beyond belief. Yeah. So uh Starting right before flat out slave labor yeah. to build the soccer field and shit. And all, you yeah. know, all the sporting all of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, so right before it was about to start the World Cup, uh Qatar said, uh, okay, so we're about to start. We're going to be starting the World Cup. Also, no alcohol. Okay. So, let's do soccer. So, Qatar won't allow any beer or alcohol at all in the World Cup, which is fine. Because if there's one thing that you don't uh, think of when you think of uh, socks, sports, soccer, it's alcohol. Yeah, you don't think of that. Going to a a soccer match in Ireland is a lot like going to a library. Totally. You know, everyone's there, completely sober, going, "Good show." Oh, that's chef. Excellent. Hey, you! You are a fan of a rival team, but I will treat you kindly. Top of the hat. So. So uh, Budweiser was suddenly 
in a like a in between a rock and a hard place because they had shipped so much uh Budweiser to Qatar and now the only uh but beer that Budweiser can sell at the World Cup is Bud Zero, a non-alcoholic Budweiser, which makes me sick to even think about. Yeah. The yeah. taste of. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So uh when are they finally gonna make a non-alcoholic for loco? You know, I've been waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting. Get the scientists working on this. So Budweiser has announced that they will be sending all of the beer that they had they were already uh they had already sent to Qatar for the World Cup. They will be sending it for free to the town of whatever team wins the World Cup. And I think that that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be no alcohol at the World Cup. That's crazy. No alcohol and no rainbows. That's weird. Listen, that's an attack on me personally. That's an attack on you personally. Exactly. So uh, that's been Jeff this week. That does feel nice. It yeah, feels right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Maxwell's right next to me in the box. Uh. I'm 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 doing really good, Bunny. Yeah. I'm really just happy with myself. You know, going into the holidays. I've lost 50 pounds this year, which is just freaking wow. Yeah. Uh I'm back in therapy. My How's therapist is really nice. Uh really good, really good. Uh last week I had my first appointment with my therapist she's really nice and really friendly and it was a two-hour therapy session and we were just talking and and she seems really nice and and i'm happy that she's my uh my therapist uh i started working again yeah which is really nice i don't want to get into the details but i'm i'm doing deliveries for a big company and i'm working a couple of times a weekend i like it uh, I'm taking confirmation classes so that I can get confirmed into the Episcopalian oh. religion. I really like Episcopalians. They're the smart ones that have logic and believe in science and dinosaurs <laughs> and actually don't hate gay people. So it, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really liking it. I'm taking classes. I have a book and a notebook down here. And did you know that they made blow pops without the sticks? No. They're wonderful. They're mini blow pops, and they're just the middle, the the lollipop and the gum in the middle, but just without the stick. It's freaking wonderful. That is a huge coffee machine. Uh, excuse me, this is about the It's a complicated size. coffee machine. This is this about is... the same size as the one we have. Yeah. It's a ninja. Is it going to make any sounds when we make the coffee? Because, because if it if it does, it's a liar. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a nice looking coffee machine. She's excited about the coffee machine. Yeah. So, 
We record this on Zoom, so we are going to be taking a short break. And when we come back, so that we can restart Zoom. And when we come back, it's going to be time for historic approximations or crap. That is fun. We can all say it together. Oh, that was great. Historical approximations? Yes. H and then AP for approximations. Yeah, you thought it was advanced placement. Liar. Yeah. Uh, this is a really good one. We're going to be talking about one of a, a kick-ass female Hollywood pioneer and how she got screwed. It is a fascinating shab, and I can't wait to get to it. And then, of course, this week's movie is unfortunately How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh Amber, my daughter, loves the Grinch so much that there is a possibility that while we are talking about this movie, someone might get upset or give me the look that she just gave me. Well, it's 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 okay because you know he's usually right about things, but like nobody's exactly nobody's nerfing. But she is tragically, tragically wrong. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. So we're going to take a break. Uh, stay tuned. We will be right back with some historic approximations. It's not the 100% story, but it's about 92 to 94% correct. That's why it's an approximation. So we will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. You're watching Biography on A&E. And break. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm. Not... Not frustrating. That's good. I guess I just pull here and, uh... Damn it. Damn it! Damn it! Okay. <laughs>
Harry is great. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Hey. Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who isn't right now? Last week in our Twitch stream of this podcast, and this is true, we had 8.3 thousand people watching at yes. one point. It was incredible. That was how many people we're watching the Twitch stream of our last episode. I mean, sure, the screen said there were only four, but yeah. that's the yeah. liberal media putting a spin on things. You know, those liberals are always so woke. Um, but if if you're a real fan of this podcast who's been with us since the beginning, yes, you can have those, Eleanor. Thank you for interrupting the podcast to ask me if you can have a blow pop without a stick. Um, if you're a real fan who's been with us since the beginning, then you'd know the two big major facts about the both of us. Uh, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Mei Lin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you are a celebrated leader in the field of science known as rabbit psychology. Now, uh, uh, tell us about this, about this, Bunny. Rabbits think a lot deeper and care <laughs> a lot more than okay. many people give them credit for. Uh, most people just view them as carrot-chomping vermin, uh, but no, they are they are they are very they are very sensitive creatures. They are very intelligent creatures. They tend to lean toward the philosophies of Schopenhauer, mm -hmm. and this is very important to recognize. Um, but they do need a lot of help uh, trying to deal with their intelligence and their emotions uh, due to their addiction to hopping. You know, yes. like, like it, it's, this is what is keeping them out of the big conferences. This is what is preventing a rabbit from ever actually winning a Nobel Prize. Because uh, nobody wants you hopping around all over the fucking stage at a yeah. serious ceremony like this. So yeah. it takes a lot to try to counsel. Um, they seem to react very well to inkblot tests. Inkblot tests. Yes. Interesting. Uh, ink or ink block? That is very telling in rabbit therapy. The hmm. amount of times they see butterflies. It's That's what you're really looking for. What are they saying? Thank you. That chicken sandwich is wonderful. I don't know what that yellow sauce is, but it's oh, really no yummy. All I know is that when I ordered it, I wanted it grilled instead of breaded, but I couldn't huh. eat it because I ate the broccoli first. Gotcha. Uh, Bunny, my six-year-old came up with the rabbit psychology. Yeah. Um, just to let you know, I didn't write that one. 
Eleanor wrote that one. Okay. And not me. So just wanted to be clear. But you did a really good job with rabbit psychology. I think that's really telling about our lives. What? Rabbit psychology. Yeah, that's a good point. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where I get a story from the history books. Maybe one that people don't know that well. And reword it via my own unique storytelling panache. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of historic approximations, or as we like to call it, Oh, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Okay, so is this now an official thing? Yes. Okay. Hap. I mean, because you can't really call it Mahap. Yeah, and we've done that. Yeah, Milhap. That sounds too much like Milhap. I like Shap because Shap sounded like uh, uh, Hulk, and we all know that Hulk is cool. Eleanor wrote that one too. She said she she made me write down Shap sounds like Hulk, and we all know Hulk is cool. So that was another Eleanor. She helped me with the intro. Eleanor was a big help in writing the podcast this week. Anywho, today on the old Shapity uh, Happity Hap Hap. I don't know how I feel about that, right? This is the segment of the podcast where it feels like a room without a roof. (laughs) This week, we'll be talking about an awesome, badass Hollywood pioneer, a woman named Millicent Patrick. And it is a travesty, nay, a crime. That her name is not a household name. And so my hope is that by the end of this half, everyone listening will know her name. In fact, let's start now. Buddy, pop quiz. What's her name? Okay, I'm really stoned during the show. I forgot already. (laughs) Are we what? He's really stoned. He doesn't know the name. That's um, so funny because I thought that might be. Her name is Millicent Patrick. Millicent Patrick. Yeah. She is Mill- a badass motherfucker. Yeah. Millicent Patrick. She is amazing. She's a pioneer, a badass, a hashtag girl boss who should have achieved worldwide fame. But she was needlessly screwed over by the man. And I feel very strongly about this hap. Millicent Patrick is amazing. And what they did to her, what he did to her is so effed up. So let's get to it. Millicent Patrick was born in El Paso, Tejas. You know who pronounces it? Tejas, the Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was that from? That was from. No. um. Home movies, home movies. Mexico, why are you? It, it was a uh, Coach McGurk. Why are you pronouncing it like that? It's Mexico. It's not Mexico. Who pronounces it Mexico? The Mexicans. So, um, El Paso, Tejas is where Millicent Patrick was born in 1915. And fun fact about El Paso: El Paso is actually Spanish for 
the Paso. You probably didn't know that. I am full the of fun Paso. facts like that. Yeah, the Paso. That's what El Paso was Spanish for. Yes. I'm full of fun facts. She was born into intense wealth. In fact, her father was the head of construction at freaking Hearst Castle. William Randolph okay. Hearst's actual big-ass castle. Millicent Patrick's dad was the head of construction at Hearst Castle. Okay, so and so our... our are we sure that she is not the man? Oh, no. No, no. We have not gotten there yet. Okay. Trust me. Trust me. She was so born far, into wealth. But... So far, she's sounding like the man here. Oh, man. You want to talk about being the man. Millicent Patrick isn't her real name. She was born Mildred Elizabeth Fulvia de Rossi, which is definitely a triple word score. Yes. Uh, what a name. Okay, Mildred Elizabeth Fulvia de Rossi. Fancy people, people with money, they can afford five names, six names, eight names. Yeah. Us poor people, we usually just get three. Yeah. And I think that that's not fair. I am going to start adding, I'm going to be fancy, I'm going to add names to myself. That's one of the best parts about being trans is that you just get to just pick a new name and it's the best and I absolutely love it. So my name from now on, my full name is Maylin Millicent because of Millicent Patrick. Maylin Millicent Midsommar Nostromo Boom Boom. Raid Shadow Legends. Hambone. You need a ham bone in there somewhere. Ham No, uh, yeah. Uh, Malin, Millicent, Midsommar, Nostromo, Boom Boom, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> the third. That is my full name now. Not even the word ham bone, the actual yes. act of ham boning. Ham boning. In there. Bunny, do you want some names? Now's the chance. Uh, no, because I, I I'm easily confused. Okay, that's a good point. You that's know. a good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, the option is there. If you want to add some extra names, okay. it is okay. So Mildred Elizabeth Midsummer Raid Shadow Legends Portia de Rossi, she adopted the name Millicent because Mil Mildred. Uh, so Millicent Patrick took the name Millicent because her dad was the head of construction at Hearst Castle. And so her mom was super close friends with William Randolph Hearst's wife, Millicent. So uh -huh. she took her mom's friend's name. Anywho, Millicent Patrick, she dropped out of college in 1939 and joined a prestigious art institute in L.A. that is so prestigious that I can't pronounce it. It's, I, I, Chowinard, I think? C-H-O-W-I-N-A-R-D. It sounds like Charinard, which is, I'm pretty sure, a Pokemon. 
Charizard. Oh, okay. But I'm assuming that, like, this is a fancy art academy, okay. so it's probably in Chomab or something like that, you know? Neared or something. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's probably, oh, you're pronouncing it Ch Chowanard. It's actually. <laughs> LA. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she stayed at this prestigious art school for three years. And here's where it gets interesting. So she's in art school for three years. And it's in L.A. near, uh, I believe, Burbank. And so in the 30s, she's in this art school. And apparently in the 30s, Walt Disney would pop in all of the time. Okay. He would get, like, his noob employees, the, like, wet-behind-the-ears ones, the green ones, you know, the, like, the real newbies. And it's like, oh, you modern, you modern kids these days. I'm a, it, it, That's not how Walt Disney sounds. But I'm assuming that, you know, he was a big man during that period in time when everyone had a cigar. Yeah. You know, I feel that like everyone in the 1930s and 40s is like, look at this doll. So, so that's my, uh, he would, uh, so Walt Disney would take his noob artists and on Friday nights, take them to this art institute for classes. Here, go learn. I'm going to go price how much it would cost to freeze my head. So. A uh, Walt drops into the art institute from si time to time, and he sees Millicent, and he's all, "Hey there, doll face, you're pretty good at drawing for a dame." Because yeah, it's 1930s. Why don't you 23 skidoo your keister into my studio, and I'll give you a job? That's how every man talks. In the yes. 1930s and 40s. It was crazy. Because Hitler rose to power and he's all like, Hey, I don't like the Jews. You know, everyone in the 1930s and 40s just talk like that. Every every man in the 1930s and 40s talk like that. Yeah, just a, it, that's just a science. That's a fact. It's science. They were all smoking cigars. Stogies. Where's my stogies? So it's 1939. And Walt just picks her up at the Art Institute and gives her a job. So she's all, oh, gee whiz, boy, howdy, I'm going to be an animator. Yowza, 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 because it's the 30s. But uh, no, women hardly ever did animation work. That's for the men. So Walt set up an all-female ink and paint department at his studio. And it's like, hey, chicks can't draw, but I'll let them color things. That's good enough for the little ladies. So she's just coloring things, and that's lame. Yeah. But she works hard, and she works fast, and some third thing, and she's got talent and moxie, kid. It's very important in the 1930s. Yes. Hey, kid, you got moxie. You got spunk. You got some third thing. Ha-cha-cha. So... Uh, I completely lost my place. Okay, there you go. And so she works hard and fast. And so a year later, she gets called up and becomes one of the first female animators at Walt Disney Studios. Millicent Patrick. This is already a crazy story, and we haven't gotten to the to the part yet. 
Okay. We're not even close. So she's an animator now, and her presence can still be seen. She worked on a ton of the animals in Dumbo, and she created Chernobog. That's the demon from the kick-ass Night at Bald Mountain part of Fantasia. Okay. Yeah, she created that. She, she, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet of her story. Millicent Patrick, remember her name. Bunny, what was the name? Millicent Patrick, born good. with the silver spoon in her mouth. Yes, and now she's an animator with the big boys that are all smoking cigars. Hey, so let's far, draw this duck without pants. So far, her life has been a walk in the park. Oh, just hold on. Just hold on. Because okay. she will get screwed big time. Just wait. It's insane I'm, what I'm, happens. I'm kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> then it's 1941, <coughs> and there's an animator strike. So she leaves Disney. Gee, what to do? Well, here's the thing. Our girl, Millicent, she was a bit of a looker. She was very attractive. She was pretty. She was so pretty. She was hoity. Because, again, it's the 1930s. And it's, hey, you got nice game. Gams, dollface. I said games. That's weird. So she, she starts modeling. She starts doing modeling gigs and working trade shows and some third thing and et cetera. And uh, she, she's a beauty, car shows. And uh, she goes from trailblazing female Disney animator to successful model. And she parlays that into small acting bits in movies. She, she goes to this trade show and she sees an agent and the agent, I want to represent you, doll. Ha -cha -cha. So now she has an agent. She's getting these small acting bits, small bits, tiny lines, a lot of work as an extra. She was in 1952's Abbott and Costello meet Captain Kidd as a bar wench. <laughs> a, a lot of uncredited <clears throat> stuff. But while she would be on the set, you know, because a lot of acting is just downtime. So you're just sort of sitting there. So at, to pass the time, Millicent would sketch her fellow actors. There's a great promotional picture uh, that I found of Millicent, and it's from the 1955 film Man Without a Star, where you just see her drawing a beautiful picture of her co-star, Kirk Douglas. And it's a real awesome picture of just Kirk Douglas and Millicent Patrick. That's how that's how important she is. And no one knows her name, and we're almost there. We're almost at that part. But Millicent Patrick, yet again, making a name for herself. First, she was a trailblazing Disney animator. Then she was a successful model. Now she's the small-time actress who can uh, draw like the best of them. Her sketches catch the eye of people backstage. And so she transitions from in front of the camera to behind the scenes shiz. And now, yada, 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 she's working at Universal Studios, baby. <laughs> I meant for that to sound like Justin Mackle, Travis, Travis Mackle role from My Brother, My Brother and Me. 
But anyway, our girl Millicent Patrick is now working at Universal Studios. She's designing special effects. She's designing makeup. She's she's working directly under the legendary head of Universal's makeup department, Mr. Bud Westmore, the man cre uh, credited with working on so many of Hollywood's biggest movies. Harvey, The Incredible Shrinking Man, Orson Welles' Touch of Evil, freaking to kill a mockingbird, and of course, his most famous film, the 1948 comedy Mexican Hayride. All right. Starring Abra Costello. It's not that racist. Which I thought it was going to be a lot more racist. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Abra and Costello. I'm impressed with that. We're moving. We are moving around. I'm getting motion sickness. From all the moving you're doing, Bunny. I don't <laughs> like change. Okay. So, Mexican Hayride. Bud Westmore ruled over the Universal Makeup Department with an iron fist. Meanwhile, our girl, Millicent Patrick, she's doing freaking great in his department. She does all the pirate makeup for the 1952 film Against All Flags. She created the aliens from It Came From Outer Space. Yeah. A woman came up with the designs, came up with the latex masks, came up with the makeup. That was Millicent Patrick. She's a legit legend. She was also in charge of the changing effects in Abbott and Costello Meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I've never seen. I'm sure I've seen it a hundred... Well, I know for a fact I've seen it a hundred times when I was a kid. Yeah. But I saw... Like, I, 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 I just... I loved Abbott and Costello when I was a kid. And, like, I really can't stand them now. Yeah. It, I could do I, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because it's fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein a million times a day. Yeah. No problem. But, yeah, it, they made so many movies. Mexican Haystack was freaking something, something and a half. But that's not all. In 1954, Millicent Patrick, all by herself, her, Millicent, a woman... Designed the Gill Man. The Gill Man. Nice. From the classic Universal Monster movie, The Creature from the Black Friggin' Lagoon. A woman single-handedly created one of Universal's most iconic monsters of all time. Isn't that incredible, Bonnie? It is incredible, yes. It is very now, you impressive. Might be now, you might be wondering uh, if that is the case, then. Why isn't Millicent Patrick a household name? What happened to her? Yeah. About that. Okay. Okay, so here is the downfall of Millie 
Pat, Mildred, Millicent Patrick, our hero. Universal is looking at the dailies for the creature from the Black Lagoon, and they are seeing dollar signs. They're like, in the 40s, we had all of these monster hits, but then they just sort of dissipated and we stopped doing them. But now the creature from the Black Lagoon, this, this is... This is going to be our next big thing. This is going to be a brand new Frankenstein. People are going to be loving this monster. We can make a second one, a third one, a fourth one. Maybe uh, get a young Clint Eastwood in one of these. I don't know. But we really got to capitalize on this. This monster is going to be the next big thing. And this is what Universal does to garner up publicity for the upcoming movie. They set up a nationwide tour going all across America. They send the suit, the Gilman costume, and right beside it, Millicent Patrick, and they advertise it. Come and meet the beauty who created the beast. That is a quote. That is what they called her. They said, come meet Millicent Patrick, the beauty who created a beast, with fucking quotes. Meanwhile, back in L.A., the makeup head, Bud Westmore, who ruled with an iron fist over the entire universal um, makeup department, he starts getting steamed, envious, jelly, because, hey, I'm the head of makeup. I am, I am the head of makeup. Oh, and, and, oh, here's this woman, and she's touring all across America, and she's getting called the beauty who created a beast. She works for me. Yeah. I should be getting the credit for this. And besides, she's just a dame, a ha-cha-cha. Because, -cha. again, okay. like, it's, it's back in the day when everything was black and white. So, like, he's the boss. He's the head of makeup. And this woman, this chick, this dame, this broad, she gets all the credit. I should get all the credit. Huh. And so he makes the call. Uh... Beep up boop. No, it would be the yeah, hey, the Millicent tour, the beauty who created the beast. Fuck all that. As of right now, the tour is changed. You're calling it the beauty who lives with the beast. Because I do not want her to take all the credit for this movie. That's some petty shit. That is so petty that. This story is free falling. <laughs> I can hear the woodpecker outside. Did you hear the woodpecker outside, honey? Was that the coffee? Yes. Oh, because we do sometimes have a woodpecker outside. We have like two. Yeah, but that was the coffee machine making that noise. I don't oh, like. I don't like the new coffee machine. See? I don't like change. Like, yeah, it's, it's done now, but it was bubbling. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna head okay. To okay. Uh, are you taking Eleanor? Is this still Chap? Is Hap. Still it's Hap. Hap. Sorry. Yeah, we Hap. we we're not we're not doing Jeff anymore. Hap. Oh, nice. I get. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't nice. notice that. Yeah, you covered up the best. Yeah. Yeah, you are doing the best at this. So okay. So. Uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Bud. Bud Westmore literally uh, changes the name of the tour 
to not give Millicent Patrick credit for creating the Gill Man. And then once she comes back, returns from her tour, he fires her. Is that bitch? Yeah. Really? And to this and to this day, when you see the creature from the Black Lagoon, it'll say makeup and special effects, Bud Westmore. And does not give her credit, despite the fact that again, she herself, Millicent, designed the freaking Gilman. She did that. They fired her, and now Bud Westmore gets all the credit for it. Not only that, but Bud Westmore kept all of her work and used it even after firing her without giving her credit. Okay, so you know this island Earth? Yeah. So uh, the Metaluna mutants, that big, ugly thing. Get punched. Yeah. Oh, there goes the piano lessons. Um, that was actually the Metaluna mutant was based on an unused design that Millicent did years earlier, for it came from outer space. They kept her design, used it, and didn't give her any credit. Again, Bud Westmore is created. And was seen for decades as the person who created the creature from the Black Lagoon and the person who created the Metaluna Mutant 10-minute warning. And it came from outer space. How fucked up is that, Bunny? That is fucked up. That is fucked up. Millicent was blacklisted from working in any, behind the scenes at any other studio. She was absolutely not allowed. She was blacklisted. From makeup, from special effects, she went back to acting, and she died in the 90s with little fanfare. Now, uh, famous monsters of Filmland magazine and Forrest J. Ackerman himself did write an article in the 70s crediting her with creating the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. And then there was some other magazine, I think, in the 90s that gave her credit. But by and large... Bud Westmore, the man who created a monster, you know, it, he got credit for it for years. And here's Bud Westmore, and here's the outfit, because I created it, because I have a penis. Oh, fuck him. But to, to Forrest J. Ackerman's credit, yeah, he came out and wrote an article, and it's like, yeah, actually, here's the story of... Here's an eight-page article about Millicent Patrick in the 70s, so good for Fuzzy Forrest Ackerman. And uh, some other magazine wrote an article about her. But by and large, she only got credit for creating the creature from the Black Lagoon recently after an author named Mallory Omiara wrote a book in 2019. So very recently called The Lady from the Black Lagoon that told the life story of Millicent Patrick. But yeah, <clears throat> she was actually the first woman ever to work in makeup and special effects. She is a historic trailblazer who created some of the most iconic horror movies in the later year of the Universal Classic Monster Run. She should be a worldwide well-known 
legend, but she yeah. got screwed out of it because some dude wanted all the credit. He Isn't should. that fucked up? That is fucked up. Millicent Patrick. She is a Hollywood badass, and I freaking love her, and I think it's wonderful that the Gill Man was created not by, like, a, a bunch of dudes smoking cigars in a suit, but a woman. A woman created that, and that is awesome, and she got screwed over like crazy. They used a bunch of her other designs in other Universal movies and just gave all the credit to Bud Westmore. Freaking, don't trust someone named Bud. That's why I've never seen Air Bud. But Dad's I don't friend trust with, friends with the hearses. She couldn't have thrown a little power around? <clears throat> I, well, I, I don't think William Randolph Hearst was as powerful as he was in the 30s in 1956, you know? Yeah. 1954. I don't. He wasn't as powerful then. The newsies got to him. <laughs> In my dreams, on my own, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. That's from the Disney musical Newsies. Okay. I did not know I had that entire song on deck, but I do. Fun fact. So a few episodes ago. Uh, we were talking about uh, Dr. Salisbury, the inventor yes. of the Salisbury yes. steak. And I said, oh, this is set during the Civil War. I will sing the song Two Brothers from the opening of the Disney attraction Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. At the time, I was just going to sing that song. So I uh, messaged my old friend, Tom. Uh, we've been talking lately, and I said, hey, Tom, I'm going to sing this song on the podcast, and I will think of you, Sen. And then I did the podcast, and apparently I have just a rant on deck Okay. that is just chomping at the bit to get out, and I didn't write any of the stuff down that I mentioned during that chap, uh, the things that I said about Tom. Completely true, but I didn't mean to say any of them. They just spilled out of me. And I but I it, it was very cathartic to get that out of my of my chest, of my growing female chest. Yes. So I uh had you bunny cut out that one part and I posted it on my YouTube page, my adult one, and I was really proud of it. And then about a week later, Tom messaged me back. Oh, man, two brothers? Man, good times. That was so long ago. When are you recording the podcast? When can I hear it? And I went, uh, actually, uh, we already recorded it. I did talk a little bit about you, and it's okay if you don't want to listen to it. But also, fucking, I'm, in my, I'm transitioning in my 40s. Here you go. Here's the video. Yeah. So... I sent the entire video to Tom, um, and uh, wow, gee, for some reason, he hasn't talked to me for like a month. Huh. I wonder why. In a month now? It's, he, hasn't, he hasn't messaged me back since I sent him the video. Oh, okay. And I believe I posted that about three weeks ago, so who knows why he hasn't gotten back to me. That's a mystery mystery anyway that is it for uh it, it must historic... be something i said 
Yeah, that's, pro that's probably <laughs> it. That's probably it. Uh, anyway, that is it for historical approximations this week, or as I like to call it, <laughs> this is fun. It's something we can all do as a family. Historic approximations, bringing families together. Making them. Yes. Oh, that's good. Making them happy. Be sure and join us next time, next week, literally next week, because. Usually we do every other week, but I still say next week. But this time I actually mean next week because we're doing this podcast next Sunday as well. And then taking Christmas and New Year's Day off. Yes. Yes. We talked about this earlier in the week. Okay. I was a bit high and I thought you might be too, but we remember. Good. Oh, so, oh, oh well, if you want to be talking about high... Bigfoot and Wild Boy fuck you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is none of that is copyrighted because no one wants it. So uh <coughs> man, no one remembers that. I show that to my kids and I'm like, you're going to think this is a joke. This is a real thing. Yeah. And they assumed that it was some sort of like modern day bad video on YouTube, and it's like, no. This is from the 70s. This aired on TV. I believe it had two seasons. And 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 it's been coming up a little bit lately. I'm not sure why. So like I I was not terribly surprised when you mentioned it. And it's one of those things Bigfoot that just causes boy. kind of a tickle in the back of my brain. You know? So I had to look it up, and as soon as I looked it up, it said Sid and Marty Croft, and I was like, "Yeah, Sid and Marty Croft, no yeah. fucking way." So now I had to dive a little deeper, and I found I found one of the episodes on YouTube, and I started playing it, and sure enough, Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, I but saw that. Now episode too, I'm probably. also really, really, really high. <laughs> That's a fucked up show to watch when you're super high. And then Far Out Space Nuts comes up next. Yeah. So now I'm watching Far Out Space Nuts. <laughs> wow, I took you to an exciting place. Yes. That's fun. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Okay. We're going to take a little halftime. There's going to be some videos and some shorts and some fun and cut on that. Did I do that part? I think I did. I don't know. The the, the pill kicked in. Uh, I, I, I've been taking bliss pills. Oh. They uh, are uh, half THC and half CBD, and they make everything wonderful. So uh, we're taking a short break. We're going to have some music and some videos and some fun. And when we come back, we will be discussing Jim Carrey's live-action year 2000 uh, migraine of a film, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So we will be right back with more of the Pope on Film. Ah. I'm <laughs> sorry. 
show you one of my favorite books in the world and it's right here and it's called heaven is real and fun by kim robinson and then here's the subtitle it actually says you don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes i love this book so much this woman believes that like literally believes that when she prays, Jesus takes her from earth and lets her play in heaven. Uh, here's what the back says. Since 1988, the Holy Spirit has been taking me to heaven. Jesus would show me various fun places and allowed me to do fun things. I asked, why, why was he showing me these places? Daddy slash God said... Because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers, eating grapes. They're doing nothing but bowing before me. Okay. So this is my favorite passage of the book. And it's called Play Gel Balls. Okay. I'm not sure if this... Hold on. I'm going to do this in two parts. Okay. Are you ready for this? This morning while worshiping... I was caught up in the spirit and stepped over into heaven when I heard Jesus say, come play gel balls. It's like a water balloon, but the ball is full of giggly joy gel. You can squeeze it into yourself. When you put one in yourself, you laugh intensely. You're in the, in the spirit realm. You can place things into yourself as if you were transparent. When you try to hit the other person with these joy gel balls, they try to get hit. So it will go into them, and they will intensely laugh. They can also catch it and squeeze it into themselves. Intensely laugh and keep playing. Heaven is so fun, and filled with intense laughter. This reminded me of Job 8.21 that says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with joyful shouting hello there yeah so anyway i love this book i love this book so much and a lot of people have asked me why do you love this book so much and and the thing that i love about this book is that it, this isn't a joke this person actually believes uh, chapter 2, Daddy, God, and the Holy Spirit in Heaven. This woman actually believes that she can leave Earth and travel to Heaven where she has a vaguely uh, a high sexual tension relationship with Jesus. There's a passage in here where she's slow dancing with Jesus fragrance of jesus like this woman wants to bang our lord and savior and i i just love this it, it, oh, i i just jesus is in me jesus is in me this woman wants to bang christ and i just love this book because if 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 you're on the street and you're pushing a shopping cart and the police ask you what's up with you and you say, oh, I, I, I've been talking to Jesus. He takes me, he takes me to, uh, to roller coasters. 
roller coasters in heaven, you don't uh, just float around on a cloud wearing divers and eating grapes, then you'd be put in an institution or a prison and you'd rot in there for the rest of your life. But if you're an old white woman and you say those things, then uh, congratulations, you're a prophet. It's, it's insane. This woman is clearly insane. Diamond line Love boy We live the space with minimum waste and maximum joy City lights Business night When you require streetcar desire for higher high a place for beginners or sensitive hearts Sentiment is left to chance No place to be ending but somewhere to start No need to ask you to smooth operator Smooth operator Smooth operator Smooth operator Coaster, coaster, late in Chicago, Western Maine Across the north and south to Kilago, love of Yeah. 
Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train Going anywhere A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers waiting Up and down the boulevard Their shadows searching in the night Street lights, people living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere, somewhere in the night. Working hard to get my fill. Everybody wants a thrill Paying anything to roll the dice Just one more time Some will win, some will lose Some were born to sing my blues All the movie never ends It goes on and on and on and on Strangers Waiting Walk up and down the boulevard Their shadows Searching in the night Street lights People Living just to find emotion Hiding Somewhere in the night 
stop believing Hold on to the feeling, yeah Streetlights, people Don't stop believing Streetlights, people Stop believing Hold on to the feeling yeah. Street lights People Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment invite you to experience the magic of the classic story as it comes to life like you've never seen before. In a place where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas ever! Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, all young people... This Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is... <laughs> the Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. From Universal Pictures. But what would I wear? Oh-ho! And Imagine Entertainment. Forgot about the reindeer. Don't care. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! If you think you know the whole story. What if it's all just a misunderstanding? This could change my entire outlook on life. Really? No. (laughs) You don't know Grinch. This is nuts! I'm going to throw up and then I'm going to Jim Carrey. In a Ron Howard film. The Grinch. Oh, somebody's fabulous!
And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, buddy! It's time! It's time! Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to boot scoot boogie our way into the second half of the big shoe. And it is said second half, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new high-octane 12-horsepower anti-lock brakes, pro-lock brakes, as well as anti-lock brakes, because everything has to be both sides now. Yeah. That, that, that's one thing that pisses me off about uh, the media, is that the right always says, oh, the media is, is such a liberal bias, when in fact what the media is doing is, Okay, let's get both sides of this argument. Your side of the argument is, I don't want to die. Okay, what's your side of the argument? Those people should die. These are two valid points. And we must hear them both out. That pisses me off. You know, not everything has to be both sides, but we do have anti-lock breaks and pro-lock breaks. What was I doing? Yes. The intro. Movie of the week! And this week, two holiday movies go head to head. It is Mark Polonia versus Jim Carrey as we discuss the 2000 live action film, How the Grinch Stole Christmas! Bunny, did you remember our stipulation for this week's movie? Stipulation? Yes, there was. There was a stipulation. We were watching The Grinch for a specific reason. Ha! I knew you would forget, and I purposefully didn't remind you. But we're watching this movie for a specific reason, and the reason is, here on this side, oh, you've got, you've got uh, Mark Polonia's film, uh, Hell on the Shelf, from 2021, yes. that looks like it was made in two days with a budget of ten dollars and then over over here you've got the hundred and twenty five hundred and fifty million dollar massive big budget monstrosity jim carrey's how the grinch stole christmas um the question was which is worse uh an hour and a half of three adults talking to Static, or Jim Carrey giving you a ma a migraine via the magic of cinema. Yeah. So so see, let's 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 really like boil it down. What not which is worse, but more specifically, Bunny, if, if you had to watch one of these movies again, if you had to watch one of these movies, okay, if you. Out of the two last movies that we did, the 2001 Hell on a Shelf film, film Hell, on, Hell a on a Shelf, or the big budget massive hit, okay, Hell why? On a shelf. <laughs> why? 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 I, I'm interested in this. Why would you? Because I didn't hate that movie nearly as much as you did to begin with, and I can see myself re-watching that movie at some point. Okay. I found okay. some things to be interested in with that movie, whereas this was... 
Please make it stop. Yeah, I think it's a good comparison, these two movies, because in one movie, nothing's happening. Literally just three guys talking to Static for a good portion of the film. Yeah. And then, on the other hand, you've got this movie where way too much is happening. <coughs> like the yin and yang of holiday hideousness. You know? This is a shoogie ball that I have here. I, I can also compare this movie to Rob Zombie's Halloween. Ah. Okay, because like... Here's a like, bunch of backstory we didn't need. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't yes. need to know, it, and I think it kind of ruined the movie. I don't think I need to know that the Grinch is the Grinch because he the Who's bullied him. Yeah, he, the interesting thing is, is that we've got Jim Carrey's live action The Grinch, and so then we've got sucked in this movie. And then we've got uh have you seen the animated movie The Grinch, funny? Mm, the original, not this new one. Oh, okay. You haven't seen the new one. Okay. The new one is a lot less bad than this. I don't want to say it's a good movie, but it's a lot less bad than this. But I find it interesting. Because both films go a different way. So the live-action Grinch specifically shows that, like, okay, here's why the Grinch hates Christmas. The Who's are fucking assholes. All of the Who's are fucking pieces of shit. They all suck. And well, they were well, bullying first off, him. First off, we have a society... That has obviously, and I'm not sure how exactly, but obviously has been practicing bestiality with rodents for many, many a generation. Yeah, yeah. He so looks that exactly... we, have, we have humans and human-rodent hybrids living together, you know. And the... I, I mean, I don't mean to be judgmental here, but... If one of you eventually has a green fuzzy baby who's not as cute as the rest of them, go fucking figure, okay? Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. All of the Who's in Whoville look like uh, in that one Harry Potter where they finally turn the rat back into a human. Yeah. Hmm? But then it's like, oh, it's, I, I hated when Cindy Lou Who showed up because it it was basically like that one Twilight Zone where here's the one beautiful person, but she's hideous because then the doctors turn around. Yeah. And you see that everyone's ugly. Yeah. So it's like, why is there one normal human one green human and a bunch of hideous fucking rat monsters. Well, but there were other normal humans in there as well. Yeah. They weren't nice all rat see... creatures. It was nice to see black. But, you know, shit like that Ooh. skips a generation. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I would. I hated last week's movie, Hell on a Shelf. Yeah. I hated it. I. Hated, 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 hated that movie. I will watch that again instead of... When I first 
sat down to watch Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas for this podcast. I got 25 minutes in. I shut it off. I'm like, nope, nope, can't do this. Nope. It took a <laughs> while for me to finally sit down and watch it. Yeah. Because it's just. It's it's just it's a headache of a film. And I and I it think is... it took away. I think it took away a, a lot of what was right about the original cartoon. The the Grinch was a monster. You were afraid of him. Yeah. Which made the his conversion that more much more touching. Yeah, even when he converts and his heart grows three sizes and he goes to the Who's and he treats them nice, he's still treating them like shit. Yeah. He's just pretending to be nice now. So, okay, let's talk about some facts. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It came out in the distant future. The year yes. 2000. The original working title was actually Blue Harvest and originally the Grinch was named Luke Starkiller. Yes. Bunny, what were your thoughts on the twist ending where you find out that Rosebud was a sled? Uh, well, I, I knew it was a sled from the beginning. They weren't fooling me. You know, I mean, yeah. anybody could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. Now, I've got a lot to talk about when it comes to this film, but first, uh, Bonnie, get your piece of paper out. I know you've got it. Uh, we have a sponsor for this week's movie. Okay. And yeah. uh, Bonnie and I both got sent copy for the, the ad read for the commercial. Odd, too, because we both got two completely different uh, ads of dialogue, but I figured we'd uh, get through this it, i want to apologize because we usually don't do ads on this show because we're uh first things first we're the realist right but right. uh they paid us a lot of money but i want to apologize not just because we sold out because that's the american dream but what they gave us to read for ads some of it seems like it might be crossing the line i'm actually quite surprised that they want us to read this as an ad, but hey, they're paying they're paying the paycheck. So uh, here we go. I will go first, and then you can go, Bunny. This week's movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is brought to you by the good folks at Raid Shadow Legends. Download today, or you're a fucking little bitch. <laughs> Download Raid Shadow Legends today or we'll find where your mom lives and beat the crap out of her. Unless your mom is dead, then we will pee on her grave. Again, this is what they sent us. We don't yeah. want to say any of these things. Raid Shadow Legends is paying us to say this. Download Raid Shadow Legends today. What are you going to do? Not download it and be a punk-ass bitch? I don't think so, fucker. Download today. Now, Bunny, do you want to read your ad? Sure. Okay. Uh, what does it say on your Sponsored paper? by Pepsi. Hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, I... 
Yeah, no, it, it it's weird because the sponsor for this week's movie has a sponsor. So this week's movie is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends, which is brought to you by Pepsi. Oh, are these so, are these commercials all for Raid Shadow Legends? Yeah, yeah. Raid Shadow Legends brought to you by Pepsi. It's weird. Uh, we might yeah, have it's, to. It's read very, some more. it's it's very meta. Yeah, it's very meta. Uh, okay, so first off, so first off, if I could only get paid for saying the word "so" during this podcast, I'd be rich AF. Secondly, I have a treat. Oh look, a wild chap appears, buddy. Hey. Yes. Let me tell you the story of why every Dr. Seuss movie, The Cat in the Hat, The Grinch, The Lorax, etc., is a piece of shit. Okay. So excited for this. A mini shap within the podcast. A mini hap. Historic approximations. We're losing the steep. Dr. Seuss! I actually knew him way back when he was just Med student Seuss, Badumtis. I wrote the Badumtis here. He was married at age 25 to a woman named Helen Palmer, who was a kid's book author in her own right. They had a real nice life, but she was very sick. She, she fought a lot of sickness, a lot of illness, a lot of disease, and she died in 1967. She effing killed herself. Wow. Yeah. She was in so much pain. She took her own life. And then Dr. Seuss, the freaking dog, dirty dog, remarries less than eight months later. Months. In about, okay. about seven months after uh, his wife killed herself, She's married to someone else. The second wife is named Audrey Diamond, and this, this bitch, this bitch, girl. Okay, so Dr. Seuss refuses to sell the movie rights to his books. Oh, no, 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 no toys, no TV shows, no movies, no. I'm done with Hollywood. But his second wife is all like, come on, Ted, we need the money. And Dr. Seuss says, no, I'm standing to my principles. I am not selling the rights at all. Uh, yes, as long as I'm alive, there will be no selling off of my book rights. And his wife said, oh, OK, yeah, sure. Anything you say, honey. As long as you're alive, you said? Interesting. Huh. I'm going to just uh, put Universal Studios on speed dial for no reason. How you feeling, Ted? Feeling good? Got a bit of a cough? And so the second Dr. Seuss, her husband, died, she basically ran to Hollywood with dollar signs in her eyes. And so. From that point on, that's why you've seen Dr. Seuss hats and clothes and toys and dolls and theme park rides and catheters. That's why you've seen so much of that. Because of 
Audrey Diamond Seuss Geisel. And uh, in a series of big-budget monstrosity movies like this one, Jim Carrey's The Grinch, if Dr. Seuss weren't already dead, seeing this movie would have effing killed him. <laughs> Period. So in 1977, one movie studio over here buys the rights to the cat in the hat. And while they're working on that, a year later in 1998, Universal gets the rights to the Grinch. But production halts on the cat in the hat because they go, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Back up, back up, back up. Let's see how these guys do. So they, the cat in the hat halts production until they see how successful the Grinch is. And oh, my God. God, Bonnie, Dr. Seuss's second wife's demands were written. She, she, first off, she demanded $1 million for the rights to the Grinch. Okay. Already, that's a lot. She also demanded 4% of the total worldwide box office gross. And this movie made about $350 million. So that's a big paycheck. And then you add the $5 million from the rights. Already, this is a huge paycheck. But she's not done. She already, she could buy a lot of Snapple. But we're not done. She also demanded 50% of the merchandising rights. Okay. That is crazy. And 50% of the music sales. And a whopping 70% of all book sales. What the hell? And I told this to my wife. And I said, Natasha, what the hell? And she said, well, if you're intent on going against your dead spouse's wishes, at least get that dollar dollar bill. Yeah. So... Uh, but because of this story, this mini shaft, I have refused to watch both The Cat in the Hat and Jim Carrey's Grinch in its entirety until now. And I think I'm going to have to become a Scientologist after this because I need to get these engrams out of my head. Yes. But that Understandable. is the that is the true story of Dr. Seuss and his two wives. The first wife, uh, what was her name, Helen? She was like, oh, you don't want to sell the rights to these? That's absolutely fine. I understand. And then he did sell the rights. He sold the rights for uh, animated specials. And they made one absolute classic of an animated special and about 12 shitty ones. When you think Dr. Yeah. Seuss on TV, there's a reason why you remember Boris Karloff and not Bobby Sherman as the cat in the hat. <laughs> yeah, that's who was the cat in the hat. It was the Hello Mudda, Hello Fada guy. Was the, hey, it's the cat in the hat. Hey, come on over and kill me. So, uh, I hate this movie. A lot. 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm pretty sure that Amber is gone, so I can continue saying this unabated because my oldest Amber, huge fan. All day she's been wearing Grinch pajamas. Uh, she she got her dog to just constantly play with this Grinch squeaky toy. She 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 loves the Grinch and all of the Grinch. You know what? She hardly has ever seen the animated original 1960s Grinch, and that pisses me off. Never seen that? She has seen it a few times growing up. But you mean to tell me you're obsessed with the Grinch, but Jim Carrey's the Grinch? And and you have never... You've barely seen Boris Karloff, one of his greatest roles? Yeah, it upsets me. It upsets me. I can I can understand. I can understand. But like, you're keeping cool. You know, you 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 haven't disowned her. You know, I it upsets me. Yeah, it upsets me. This movie. You haven't spoken to the lawyers and had her written out of the will yet. Well, my lawyer yet. is ghosting me. My lawyer is just totally ghosting me, so yeah. that's, that's that's probably why. Uh, uh, what is wrong with this movie, buddy? Uh, pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. Pretty much okay, everything. I... whose society is really fucked up and mean? Yes, I mean. Uh, they 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 brutalized and bullied the Grinch so bad that it was preferable for him to go live in a fucking cave all by himself. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Much. And like they had no problem with this. They only had a problem with him coming back. Yes. Yes. So, there's some real problems with the Who's here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, that's what I was saying. Okay, so in the live-action Grinch, uh, a little bit high, in, in the live-action Grinch, they specifically show, okay, the Grinch hates Christmas because he's bullied, and the Who's are douchebags, and so, okay, the Grinch is kind of in the right. In the animated version, uh, which is not bad, it's also not good, but it's fine. But yeah. in the animated Grinch, there's there are like flashbacks that show him celebrating Christmas by himself in an orphanage because he his parents left him. And he sees all of these other families through the window of the orphanage celebrating Christmas together, and he's alone, an orphan. And it's like, okay, uh, hey, unpopular opinion, uh, hot take. You don't have to like fucking Christmas. Yeah. It's not a law. A grumpy guy in a cave hates a holiday. Great, leave him the hell alone. These who's suck ass. <laughs> they fucking suck. They deserve to have Christmas taken away. I'm just going to come out and say it. Fuck the who's. 
Uh-huh. Fuck the hoops. I think it's fascinating that you get um, the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas about the Who's down in Whoville who like Christmas a lot. And their uh, mayor uh, was recently canceled because of the Me Too movement. And he's like a horrible, corrupt politician. So much of that is also in the animated Dr. Seuss book, uh, Horton Hears a Who. Yes. Because in that animated film, which also featured Jim Carrey as Horton, uh, the Who's are also pretty effing horrible. And there's also a corrupt politician in charge of the town. Yeah. And also the Lorax. The Lorax is horrible because the Lorax animated movie is horrible because uh, 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 you had the Lorax selling cars. I mean, that's just fucked up. There were commercials with the Lorax selling cars. That's fucked up. Any way you look at it, you just killed Dr. Seuss. But uh, also a corrupt politician's. In that in that film, a lot of corruption in the world of Dr. Seuss, the TV shows I have a less problem with because uh, the. The PBS show, The Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about that. That's actually all right. Uh, The Cat in the Hat is voiced by Martin Short. Okay, and you never see the parents just like in the original Cat in the Hat. And uh, um, my high schooler, Mal, he was obsessed with Green Eggs and Ham on Netflix for a while. Really? Yeah, apparently that is delightful. So, um, as far as I can tell, it's like a kid's Dr. Seuss-themed planes, trains, and automobiles. But it's supposed to be great. But I here's my problem with the film. Okay. So this is a big budget cash grab about how Christmas is a cash grab. Way to miss the point of the story. Yes. You know, it's like, hey, these people like Christmas. This guy doesn't. He steals Christmas. And now it's like, okay, let's make these people all horrible and they take Christmas too seriously. And it's like, no, that's that was never there. But I that upsets me. Hashtag the Grinch was right. Yes. Hashtag not my Grinch. Yes. Hashtag not my Grinch. My Grinch is Boris Karloff, period. Yes. Period. That's my Grinch. Word up, my Grinch. And you remember when Jim Carrey was always on crack? During that period in time where if you saw Jim Carrey, he was just on cocaine. Yeah. Ace Ventura, The Mask, Cable Guy, Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty, this. Yeah. Now have now if you see him, it's like, okay, what cause are we talking about now? That's why I liked Sonic the Hedgehog. He went back to being Jim Carrey for a little bit in the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. It was surprising. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was surprising. I, I, I've never liked Jim Carrey. I'm just not, you know, he's done a couple of things that have been good, but they're not good because Jim Carrey's in it. 
Yeah. You know, like, The Truman Show is an awesome fucking movie. Love that movie. Love that movie. And we could totally recast Jim Carrey, and it would still be an awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know who would be great in The Truman Show? Uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Truman Capote. Truman Capote. Nice. Also, another unpopular opinion. This, this is the unpopular opinion episode. Never been a fan of Molly Shannon's. SNL's Molly Shannon from the... Uh. From the sh- movie Superstar. Never been a yeah, fan. Yeah, okay. And so I thought, like, is there any movie that I've ever seen where it's like, hey, Molly Shannon's in this. And the only, hey, I'm excited to see Molly Shannon in this film. Damn it, it the, o- the only one I can say with a certainty, Wet Hot American Summer. Beyond that, don't care. Yeah. Not care at all. Never been the biggest fan. This is a Ron Howard movie, though. You can barely recognize Clint Howard. Yes, I thought I saw Clint Howard, though. He was the mayor's assistant. That And I had to do a double take because it's like, really? It says a lot about someone's looks that they made... Clint Howard looked like a rat-faced monster, and he looked better. Yes. Like, oh, wow, that vaguely handsome who is Clint Howard? Shit. Did y'all win a Best Makeup Oscar? Because you should have. Yeah. I like the fact that uh, basically... um, the Grinch lives in the Batcave after Jim Carrey's The Riddler destroyed it. Yes. So that's nice. Most of the set was literally built on Universal Studios' backlot right behind the Psycho House. Okay. I find that fascinating. I find that fascinating. Bunny! Tim Burton was originally offered to do this film, and he considered it, but turned it down to do Sleepy Hollow instead. What would Tim Burton's Grinch have looked like? Well, overall, it would have been darker. Uh, I'm I'm thinking the Grinch may have had stripes. Okay. Possibly, or wear stripes socks. I feel like he'd wear something with Tails, like yeah. a, like a tuxedo jacket or something. Yeah. Uh I think Johnny Depp's and, gonna be amazing as the Grinch. And of course, Johnny Depp would play the Grinch. Yes. I was trying to think what was the name of the guy from who was the lead singer and, of Boingo Boingo that now does all of the music scores. Danny Elfman. Yeah, you know what? Let's go to Batman on this one. Let's see if we can get Prince to do all the music for. Tim Burton's yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Hell in the Bottom Carter would be Cindy Lou. Who? Yeah. 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 Uh, 
That's all I've got. I hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> Fuck the Grinch. Fuck Jim Carrey's The Grinch. All of the Dr. Seuss movies. Even even uh, the Lorax has some bops in it. The song How Bad Can I Be fucking slaps. That's a banger. That's a certified yeah. classic. But uh, just the fact and just the fact that Danny DeVito has become such a living meme that I can say, hey, you know the Lorax in this, kids? That's Danny DeVito, and they have 100%. They absolutely know who that is. Yeah. But that's how much Danny DeVito has become sort of like a legend, like a like a, like a anthropomorphic meme. Yeah. But I, I hate this movie. I would much rather watch Hell on a Shelf. That says a lot. Good for you, Mark Polonia. <laughs> but I will happily never watch this movie again. So what do we have in store? Okay, so... I ask with uh, much anxiety. <laughs> uh, well, this is going to be our last Christmas episode. So okay. I thought we'd do something a little bit different. This might come as a shock to you, Bunny, but I thought for our next episode, which will be next Sunday, December 18th, 2022, I thought, how about we do Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny? What? Okay. Which version? Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, uh, we, our annual viewing. Of yes. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. However, we did not do it last year for reasons. Yes, we did. I don't believe we did. I, I totally know we did. We did? Yeah. Okay, because I know that that was roundabout a time that I disappeared. Because but... I remember thinking quite often, good lord... Oh yeah, Don't there you go. Don't let this be yeah, our last was... episode. <laughs> <clears throat> yep, there you go. Yeah, episode four twenty nine. We, the Matrix Resurrections. I saw that twice. I couldn't tell you a single thing of what happened in that whole goddamn movie. Uh, yeah, there you go. We were still doing Bunny versus. Uh, we talked about Mr. Lobo. Uh, this year. I'm going to watch Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny no less than 30 times, and I'm going to write all new notes of the film. Okay? Hey. Because, uh, yes, okay, in previous years, I have just said the exact same thing about Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. Uh, but this year, I'm definitely not doing that, and this isn't just a bizarre meta thing. No. All new notes. Uh, never before said or heard before this point. So you don't have to go listen to episode 105 or episode 154 or episode 198 or episode 241 or episode 285 or episode 429. Just trust us. This, the seventh annual discussion of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is all new, never before heard. A deep dive into this amazing film with knowledge that no one has heard before. And which version are we going to do? We did Thumbelina. Should we do Jack and the Beanstalk? This is what I'm thinking. Uh, it's free on YouTube as a riff track. 
if we have to watch this movie again, let's at least make it fun. I'm kind of done with riff tracks. Yeah, that's what and I we haven't done. We haven't done a riff tracks in a really long time, but I just remember how painful this movie is. So I was thinking maybe doing the riff tracks one, but no, we have we've barely done the we've barely done the Jack and the Beanstalk one. Yeah. Plus, I believe it's shorter. Yeah. Okay. Let's do the uh, not the riff tracks one because I I I am done with riff tracks. So uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. That is what we are doing. Jack Bean S. Period. Boom. That is what we are doing next week. We are okay. finishing out the year. Our last episode of the Pope on film of the year. As we are taking an all new look. All new. Look. At Santa Claus. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. A film which features a film within a film. And features an ice cream bunny, which is never explained. No. And it was filmed at a defunct theme park by a man who did a lot of nudie cuties. Yes. We will learn all about that next week in an all-new episode of the podcast that no one has ever heard before. So I'm excited about that. But now that I'm looking back, but that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, I have to say, Bonnie, I think. I, now I'm, I'm just thinking, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Yes. This has been a damn Good episode oh, okay. of the podcast. Whew. Okay, because I was I was getting nervous there. I also felt that it was a good episode of the podcast, but I didn't want to. You're the person who makes that distinction, not me. And so I don't want to step on any toes. But yes, I concur with that assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am May Lynn, and on behalf of Natasha and Gizmo and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Less than a minute. Y'all y'all are pushing. Hey, 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 hey. Okay. Hey, come on, come on, come on. Oh, okay. The Grinch. Got it.